Greetings. Hello there. How's it going? <laughs> How indeed. Welcome to the Wolf's Court. I am, of course, your host, D.S. Wolf. And this is an interesting episode where I and a special guest associate are going to speak about the uh, tribulations of live-action adaptations. And this is coming to prominence uh, because of the unfortunate news that the live-action Netflix adaptation of Cowboy Bebop was cancelled this week after one season and only 10 episodes. I've been keeping quite a few tabs on it uh, myself and speaking to my cousin about it. Because I'm interested, I was a big fan of Cowboy Bebop, the anime, which I watched and enjoyed quite a bit a few years ago. One of the few things I actually watched in uh, English language dub with the uh, vo vocal stylings of one Steve Blum, who also did uh, Wolverine, and he played Spike Spiegel. Sp Spiegel, or Spiegel, I should add, is actually German for mirror. Bit of intel for you there. It's just quite intense how it happens. As I said, I'm going to jump into it more so later on. But just some uh, initial bits of feedback. Uh, and an interesting little bit of soundbite from the actor Mustafa Shakir, who played Jet Black, uh, said in an interview, What a cool opportunity, right? I got to play Jet Black. I'll never not be him so to speak. That's badass to me. Netflix went balls to the wall for us in order to get it done. They really looked out for us when the shit hit the fan. Uh, two clapping hands, he added. But at the end of the day, business is business, and this was a big ship that needed a lot of fuel. Maybe the haters and the critics got us. Maybe it wasn't as good as we thought. Uh surprised raised hand emoji all i know is we got this done under the craziest conditions and i'm proud of what we did thank you for dreaming of us see you, space cowboys uh robotic muscle tensing arm smiling cowboy hats flame rocket uh three stars that's not my review for i've only seen one episode it's just what you finished with uh yeah, so, so that was an interesting bit of intel. And that passage, by the way, was from comicbook.com. Yeah. And interestingly enough and depressingly enough, it was announced a couple of days ago that the 57-year-old Macross Plus scriptwriter Keiko Nobomoto passed away the 1st of December after a battle of cancer. She was a writer on Cowboy Bebop, Tokyo Godfather's... Uh, creator of Wolf's Reign. I mean, that's a bloody name right there. And it's just kind of weird uh, that she would uh, pass away and it be announced in the same week as this. I should also add that this was broken by Dai Sato. Uh, yeah, she also contributed scripts to Space Dandy which my cousin tells me is great, and Samurai Champloo, which I was also a considerable fan of. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy how these things tie in together. 
And I'm now going to jump with further depth into the podcast right now with my associate. I shall now introduce in audio that might sound ever so slightly different. And it's at this point I want to introduce my extra special guest slash co-host, Fast Toad, or as I occasionally call him, FT to the Wolf's Call. Fast Toad, how's it going, man? It's all right, it's all right. Um, always a pleasure being here um, and talking shit about the people that deserve we talk shit about. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, I have to say this has been a wonderfully seamless recording so far. Mm-hmm. Okay, so speaking about episode one of the live-action Cowboy Bebop, I'm just going to fire some of my thoughts, and when I'm done, you can fire your own. Uh, First first thing I have to say, I think Cowboy Bebop looks absolutely gorgeous. It was... uh, I I, I was actually taken aback by how easy it was to watch. When I was watching, I thought, man, this this feels like a Luc Besson film. You know, this really wouldn't be out of... uh, out of what's the word I'm looking for out of place. Yeah. That's it being uh, something connected to the fifth element or something like that. It was very stylized. And I I went into it uh, reasonably open-minded. I thought that the guy that played jet black, I thought he, his voice was actually quite similar to the voice actor for the, for the uh, English anime dub, which I thought was quite cool. Uh, I, I would say that I thought the acting was, was a little bit wooden in some places, uh, but, but still not quite out of what you might get in, in some movies. You know, some movies almost have a charm with certain degrees of deliberately played to seem wooden acting. Although I have to say, uh, if it was just a film, I think it would have been received better. Now, I'm making somewhat of a sweeping statement because I've obviously only watched one episode of this, uh, but I just think you have to look at things like Marvel and DC for the fact that they're doing their interpretations of animations and comics and, you know, barring some cases, a lot of them have been really good, at least in my opinion. Although it does jump out to me that I have to say the, uh, the, the girlfriend who was the, the, the pregnant girlfriend of the, uh, the bounty, I thought she was terrible. I thought she was very attractive, but my goodness, she was terrible. Really bad. Uh, I thought John Chow was, was uh, he, he was fine. He was good. He was fairly likable. I'll get back to him more in a moment. Uh, the actress that played Faye Valentine, I thought she was uh, quite witty, charismatic. Uh, and yeah, I thought I thought Jet Black was 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 pretty likable. I mean, I, I was I was a fairly big fan of the anime. I thought it was uh, something that really managed to shine a significant spotlight on the the sensation of solitude and loneliness. Uh, speaking of loneliness, I do think John Chow hammed up the, the 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 somber expression a bit too much to the point of parody. It, it just kind of looked like he was doing a deliberately sad face sometimes. And uh, yeah, that that did jump out to me. And also I thought the intro, whilst being quite well reproduced, uh, reenacted, or however you want to say it, the running looked a bit bloody goofy. It looked a bit goofy. I also 
do have to say that more than anything for me, I thought the most uh, poignant slash memorable thing about this entire saga was a wonderful soundbite I saw about John Chow. And it was him stating that he feared he was too sexy to play the role. (laughs) (laughs) Play the role of Spike Spiegel. Too sexy. That just destroyed me. I shared it to a lot of people because I bloody love it. That's going to stay with me forever. Imagine being afraid that you're too sexy to be in a role. Oh, I feel like we... Oh, good. Okay, we haven't lost audio. That's wonderful. There was a pop there. But, you know, it was a wonderful soundbite. And I have to say, you know what? I can actually share his sentiments because I was initially afraid that I was too sexy to create a podcast. But anyway, apart from that, Fast Toad, let me know your thoughts on it, please. Episode one of the Cowboy Bebop live action. Cool. Um, I have to say, um, from what you said, there's a few things I do agree about, but I think in the overall, um, something was off for me. Um, I, and I'll, I'll explain what it is, right? Um, so let me start with, with, with the positives. And I think um, I've read online a bunch of people saying that to them, it kind of seemed like one of the, these sort of shitty Netflix sci-fis. It didn't mm. strike me like that at all. I actually, like you said, I thought the visuals were quite relaxing. Um, and it came off close enough to the sort of relaxing visuals of the anime that I was happy with the visuals, right? Mm. Um, so agreed with that. Um, the second thing is the music, spot on, because they got the same lady um, that did the music for the anime, right? So mm. Yoko Kano, you know, you're great. You're forever going to be great. So music spot on, right? Now here's where um, I feel like, you know, we kind of disagree. Um, essentially i think if you look at each character in in sort of um in their in their own right right you could look at john cho um and, and see like and sort of say you know maybe he reenacted it a bit different but it was okay right you can look at um mustafa shakir and say maybe he reenacted it a bit different but it was okay you can look at um daniela pinada uh, i think that's her name i, mm. I, I probably mispronounced it um, and say, you know, okay, that's her own type of Faye Valentine, but okay. My issue was um, the, every single character had something a bit off about how they were doing things mm. that it completely destroyed the dynamic between the characters as it was in the anime. So actually, um, you know, um, it seemed to me that, um, you know, the, the sort of the Spike Spiegel of the anime was a bit, the, the, the quiet type, kind of cool, uh, you know, will throw out a snarky comment every once in a while. But John Cho had just thrown out a snarky comment every second line. And that to me is like, no, no, you know, now you're just treading the line of trying to be a stand-up comedian, which is not Spike Spiegel. Um, the same thing with Mustafa Shakir. I felt like, sure, your voice is very similar to Jet Black, but, but man, you're making it seem like, you know, Jet Black was... Um, you know, he gets hot-headed and then he laughs at it at the end. Um, but in the anime, I felt like Jet Black was always the comedic type, right? He just had a, a deeper voice. I, you know, and it's the same thing with every character. You go from vicious to, to, to sort of, you know, they brought in a bit of Julia, which I thought was a bit, you know, eh, okay, cool, uh, too soon, but okay. 
Um, and then also the the uh, the couple in the in the first episode, um, the the sort of uh, the runaways, right? I forget her name now. Yeah, me too. I felt like that that dynamic was off. Like you know, it's just. It, it wasn't like that in the anime she shot him not that he just suddenly died right and so she's a bit more of a stronger character and they made her you know i, I felt like she was portrayed as being some sissy i, I don't know it just felt off for me completely i, I should probably just add that i have it it's very fresh in your mind i, I think um, when did i watch it i think i watched cowboy bebop maybe four or five years ago I, it would have behooved me to to rewatch it, but I've got such a big list. But anyway, uh, please carry on. This is very interesting analysis. Yeah, no, I, I, that's that's essentially it. So each character being just this tiny bit off, you know. And obviously, you know, like I don't mind the, you know, they they're they're straying away from the the, the storyline a bit. That's okay. But the dynamic between the characters just it just didn't feel right. And actually, I, I'll, I'll tell you the thing that irked me the most um, was that they had Ayn, the dog, but they decided to omit Ed, right? Like, you can't, you can't omit Ed. You know? Yeah, I, I heard she was going to feature later, but but it is certainly bizarre that she wouldn't be there. I mean, that kind of stuff is just bound to annoy people. Absolutely. And uh, well, anything else to say about Cowboy Bebop before I move on? No, man. No, I mean, I honestly, I get why got cancelled. I just, it didn't sit well with me. Um, I, I like generally, I, I think so. In my head, the Spider-Man, the, the newest Spider-Man with Tom Holland, is successful because even though they strayed away from the stories and the comics and had their own sort of story, they still managed to capture that sort of Spider-Man comic book personality of him being this sort of teen you know, joke around type of New Yorker type of guy. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, I have some umbrage with, I'm, I'm just going to divert into that now. You've said that. Mm-hmm. I do have some umbrage with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I, I, I grew up as Spider-Man uh, being an adult already, late 20s, early 30s, etc. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my main issue with Holland as Spider-Man is that he's a little too... Jimmy Jillica's, you know, wee willies, by golly gosh. I mean, the whole thing about Peter Parker is that he's an awkward nerd externally, but he's very intelligent and very quick-witted. And the the character Spider-Man allows him to be that person he actually is internally. And it it allows him to express that. Whereas Holland as Spider-Man is still a nerd. He he doesn't have any of the wisecracks. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy I enjoy the movies, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing the third one. Was it No Way Home, something like that? No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Spider Man's whole modus operandi is that he's so snarky, so witty, and he gets under people's skin, and he'll do yes. it to anyone and everyone. But Holland doesn't do that. Holland is just kind of happy to be alive and giddy about everything and they've also kind of skirted over the fact that peter parker is a genius in himself and he's created so many gadgets himself instead of being this really gracious oh mr stark that's so cool wow gee whiz i mean don't get me wrong i'd be like that 
but that's not how Spider-Man was. And, and that's my point of umbrage to it. I think at, certain, at a certain point, grow up a bit, be cool, because that's, that's how Spider-Man's always been. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so going to a, a neat segue after that uh, impromptu Spider-Man segue, it's just the topic of uh, live, live action adaptations as a whole. And I, it would be remiss not to mention the fact that it's been announced in November, hot on the heels of episode 1000 that Fast Toads got to watch because I'm like, this sucker over here is on like episode 306. <laughs> I can't <laughs> see that for a while. But the super popular One Piece has recently been announced that it's going to be made into a live action Netflix adaptation, which is, uh, I mean, it, it totally threw us both off guard. And we were like, what the hell? I, I remember I showed my son and I'm like, can you believe this is going on? And so far, there's as of yet no release date, but the cast and the episodes have been announced. And uh, I've got the intel from Source One Esports. And first of all, I just want to go through the cast of you. Uh, we'll go actor by actor of the main uh, five cast and just just get your expertise on this because I'm I'm moderately knowledgeable about One Piece, you know, as knowledgeable as someone 300 and something episodes can be in, but you are more of an encyclopedia about this. So we'll start with uh, Inyaki Godoy as Monkey D. Luffy. Now, personally for me, instantly, I think he looks like bloody good casting because he, he kind of like I was saying about Tom Holland, he just looks happy to be here. He looks giddy, he looks happy, he looks a bit crazy, a bit out there and wild. And I'm getting a lot of uh, Luffy vibes from him. So just from kind of seeing him, you know, just in interactions from a, from a camera and talking about being happy to be there, he seems like good casting to me. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I, you know, I tend to agree. I actually, um, you know, as in, I don't know these, like these actors, maybe, maybe besides... Um, What's his name? The 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 guy. Ma- McEnryu. Yeah, we'll yes, get to him. Besides McEnryu, yeah. Besides McEnryu, I really don't know much about the others. I've never um, heard of that before. Yeah, but just in terms of the sort of, um, I guess, the look and feel of the characters, um, I can sort of see all of them working. You know, if they maybe play with the hairstyles of some of them a bit, it works. Um, so I, yeah, I, and, and actually that they, um, all the characters, they recorded this mini video of themselves saying how happy they were to be casted for this role. Um, and uh, yeah, Inaki came off as this, you're right, happy to be here, which kind of sounds like Luffy somehow. Um, you know, he's oh, always happy. To be he is so fun loving, it's insane. Mm. Uh, and then we've got Emily Rudd as Nami. And I have to say, <laughs> she just looks like Nami was made into reality. It's just wow, she looks like Nami. Big eyes, big eyes, round face. You know, they just give her red hair or like you know, orangish hair, and she'll be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I I would find it difficult to think she wouldn't do well because I'm just looking at her thinking, wow, you you you're just Nami. Uh then we've Mm -hmm. got Makenryu Arata. As Rorona with Zorro, uh, I I think he looks good. I I, I think he's certainly a, a, a strong fit for that. 
Interesting, interestingly enough, he's already quite uh, well uh, versed in the field of live adaptations because he happened to play Oi Josuke Okyasu Nijimura from uh, the live action Diamond is Unbreakable, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure film a few years back, which was, I'd say it was probably about a five out of 10 film, but it was novel to see. He also played a character in Tokyo Ghoul, which I can't be bothered to watch. And he's currently filming uh, the Saint Saya Knights of the Zodiac, starring a Saya. So your thoughts on McHenry, please? Um, I think McHenry has been cast before and actually, um, you know, pulling him out of an all Japanese cast can, I think, bring out um, a better side of, of, of the uh, the story, I feel. Um, you know, I si- simply also because I feel like uh, One Piece, each character is portrayed to be from a different part of the world anyway. So it oh, absolutely. We've spoken about that. Yeah, because just from yeah. the top of my head, Luffy is supposed to be Brazilian. Nami's Swedish, mm. uh, Zoro's Japanese, mm. Usopp is East is African. Cool. I, don't, I don't know where in East Africa Usopp is. I don't know if you can clarify that. And Sanji's French. Can have a look. Sanji's French, yes. Yeah, so uh, any more thoughts on uh, McKenryu Arata? Um, I honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going he's gonna to do it. Um, people are saying uh, Usopp might be from South Africa. I don't see it. But, okay. I, no, I, I, I was figuring uh, East Africa. Mm, the internet is not helping me here. They just write Africa like it's one big country. I mean, Africa's tiny, right? There's barely anywhere there. Yeah, absolutely, bro. It's just, you know, a couple of thousand people. <laughs> At a push, exactly. Uh, speaking of the devil, uh, Jacob Romero Gibbs as Usopp. Now, personally, for me, uh, I, I, I he jumps out to me. He, he kind of he's got a bit of an Usopp vibe going on. I, I, I look at him, and I think, yeah, I can see this. And as we spoke about this a little while ago, we're kind of both in agreement that he doesn't have the. Hopefully, he won't have the oversized nose. I mean, it'd be more accurate, but it would maybe yes. be a bit foolish. But I don't know. But anyway, your thoughts on Jacob Romero Gibbs as Usopp, please. Um, mate, I think he looks he looks brilliant. I'm looking at a, a comparison now. Um, you know, if he just puts like a, a, a mini durag over the dreads and he'd pretty much be Usopp besides the nose. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's, it's odd, but he's kind of got this dopey but smart looking face and I realize it sounds like an oxymoron but that's kind of what Usopp's Mm. like because Usopp is a compulsive liar but he's also really good at thinking on his feet Uh, he has to be because he's usually quite underpowered yeah I don't know oh mate mate uh easy someone someone just edited uh, a photo of Jacob where they stretched out his nose no, Ooh. I'm not ready for this. I'm not. No, <laughs> I don't want this in the, in the live action, please. Okay, you're gonna have to send that one to me. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And finally, we've got Taz Skyler as Sanji, and uh, he's the casting that we're both on the fence about. And uh, personally, for me, I'm ju- I'm just not entirely sold. I kind of looked at the guy and thought, Did you even know what One Piece was beforehand? Did any of them know what One Piece was? Don't know. 
I think if I have to sit through a thousand episodes, they should as well, you know, learn product knowledge. But yeah, I'm 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 open-minded, but on the fence about Sanji. And Sanji is your boy. So what do you think? Yeah, man. I, the first thing that struck me was um, you know, they kind of he, he looked bald, essentially, right? Um, which is I guess nothing a wig can't fix, but um it, it just didn't you know, as in he could he could do great, you know. I don't know if he will, but he could do great. But the other characters, kind of straight away, if they didn't tell you who this was, you could say that, oh, okay, this is supposed to be Usopp. Yeah, very very good point. Yeah, but with him, you kind of have to think about it a little bit. You're like, ah, oh, who else is left? You know. Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess he's Sanji. <laughs> he's yeah. not Chopper. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and and yeah, so to, to look at the episode list as well, I don't even remember. Oh, actually, it seems to be quite self-explanatory for some of them. Episode mm-hmm. one is going to be Romance Dawn. Don't remember what that is. Episode two, the very epically monikered TBA. Episode three, Captain of 8,000 Men. That's clearly about Usopp. Episode four, mm-hmm. Cooks of the Sea, Sanji. Episode five, A Frog Into the Well. That doesn't ring any bells. What about you? I mean, Uh, has any of this rung bells of the other ones I've mentioned? So Usopp rings the bell, Cooks of the Sea rings the bell. Um, Arms and Sharks, which you're going to get to, rings the bell. Um, Yes. Uh, Oh, Arms and Sharks. Refresh me. Who, Who is that about? Um, so I think Arms and Sharks and Tangerine Grove are both about Nami. Yeah, okay, about Arlong then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, eight, Crewmates. I mean, that could be many things. Nine, The mm-hmm. End of the Beginning. And ten, Grandolino, which is, which is good to know. Classic. Yeah, because we were saying that instead of uh, going through hundreds of episodes and whatnot, I personally think it would be cooler just to have the crew already together and then episodically you can have flashbacks as to who the person is and how they joined. And that would be a really easy way of saving a lot of time. Absolutely. It's, you know, when we were talking about this, just to segue back into Spider-Man, we've seen Uncle Ben die a hundred times. We don't need to see it again, (laughs) you know? Strong reference. Essentially. Yeah, essentially it's, it's the same idea here, I think. I couldn't agree more with that one. And yeah, will One Piece be any good? Don't know. Speaking of uh, more live actions, I, I watched the live action Attack on Titan. Now, Attack on Titan is an- another one of our favorite shows. I-, I-, I kind of always flutter between AOT and JoJo's for what my favorite anime is, which is show in general. But my goodness, the the live action is just steaming dog shit. Although at least steaming dog shit is more accurate to the syllabus and it it has stronger acting with uh, a more believable script. It was just shambolic and they just thought, hey, uh, let's just change everything. Wouldn't that be a good idea? It wasn't. Uh, I'll talk about this possibly more in another episode, actually, because there's a lot to go on. Uh, another interesting live action is the uh, live action of, of Death Note. I have 
three uh, separate movies of the Japanese one, but I've actually never watched them, even though I've had them for around 15 years. Uh, and I refuse, refuse to watch the Western Netflix adaptation, which you have. Hey, so don't do it. Don't, don't do it. It's, it's, it's ass. It's so ass. Oh my God. It was so bad. I don't even know where to start. Like the, the best thing about that show was the makeup they did in William Defoe. That's it. Everything else was wow. trashy. Man. Oh, I don't know where to start. I don't even remember half of it. I just remember looking at it in disgust because it felt like some sort of... Um, it, it, essentially, I felt like they were trying to make um, like Twilight or Teen Wolf um, oh, a version of Death Note. It just... Yeah, it was so bad. I don't... Oh, let's let, skip that. Let's not talk about that shit. Okay, okay. Julie, noted. Well, there we go. We now have drawn this interesting live-action episode discussion or forum-ish of sorts to a close. So fast, Toad. I don't know if you have any more parting words before we hit the road on this one. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I've had terrible experiences with live-action anime, so I'm going to just leave this with a... Uh, I'm going to pray that they do justice by One Piece because it's, it's a classic. They can't ruin it. Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah. Will One Piece be any good? Uh, will there at least be a second season of it? Who knows? And just before I go, I have to confess, I'm still fearful that I'm too sexy to make a podcast. Okay. Until next time, keep on trucking. Stop recording. I'm so fucking happy that worked.